Are we believing for anything? Are we expecting anything? I want you to say it out loud. I will get answers today. Hmm? I will get answers. I'll receive answers today. Hallelujah. Not from Brother Keith, not from Faith Life Church, but from the Lord. Ephesians 4. Would you turn there, please? For some weeks now, we've been on a, a series that we're calling uh, No Place for the Devil. No Place for the Devil. And our text is here in Ephesians 4. <coughs> Ephesians 4, verse 23 says, Be renewed in the spirit of your Mind, put on the new man, which after God's created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Say that out loud with me, please. Neither give place to the devil. Now that lets you know all kind of things, just that one uh, sentence, that one uh, divinely inspired revelation, there is a devil. Hmm? There is a devil. If you believe the Bible, <clears throat> the same Bible that tells you about God tells you there's a devil, doesn't it? If you believe in angels... The same Bible that, that talks about angels talks about evil spirits, doesn't it? Evil spirit. Another word for evil is bad, bad spirits. God spirit is a good spirit, the Holy Spirit. His angels are called holy angels, and they are good spirits. But that's not all that's out there. The devil is not good. And uh, evil spirits are obviously, as the name shows, bad spirits. And what are we told about this? We're, we're told there's a devil. That word, uh, the meaning of that word is adversary, opponent, one, <clears throat> one who is against you. <clears throat> and I know this is not nice to think about, but it's reality. The, the enemy, the devil, and his evil or bad spirits are against us every day of our lives. They are against us. They are opposing us. And what did the scripture say? Don't give the devil any place. Now that reveals he can't just take place. Hmm? Man, that's good news, isn't it? He can't just come and do what he wants to do. He can't just push his way into your life unless you or I allow it. Other translations say, the Amplified says, Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity 
to him. Don't let him work. Don't let him in. Well, how am I going to prevent that? Well, other scriptures talk about this in James. If you'd look there, James 4. They'll put it on the screen for us. James 4, 6. James 4, 6 says, God gives more grace. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now, the devil is the proudest being we know anything about, which is one of the biggest reasons you don't want to be proud. Hmm? Somebody said, well, I'm, I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of my cousin. No, you, want to, you can be thankful. You can be grateful. You can appreciate But you don't want to be proud. If you think you do, then you don't know what it is. It's one of the key characteristics of the nature of the devil himself. Do you want to be devil-like? Then you don't want to be proud. That's another another subject. Thankful is a good word. Grateful. Um, Verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God and do what? Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. This is another way of of, of describing how to prevent the enemy from having place or opportunity. We're told, don't give him any place. How am I going to accomplish that? You resist him. Everybody say resist. You resist him. Uh, And what will happen? If you genuinely resist the enemy, he will flee from you. Why would he do that? You must have authority over him. Right? Or elsewise, you couldn't resist him successfully. And I assure you, he wouldn't flee if he didn't have to. So what's what's going on here? He knows better than we have that the one who's inside us is far greater than he is. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Well, that's talking about the devil, the evil one. And the authority in the name of Jesus is above every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. In that name, every knee must bow. Is that right? So when you genuinely (coughs) speak in Jesus' name and resist the enemy, he has no choice. Now, you play games, that's another story. We're going to talk about that as as we get, but, but you mean business. And this is what happens. He flees every time. Uh, anybody that lived locally around here, you uh, you heard about the uh, was a tornado warning last night, yeah. storm warning. Yes. Did you speak against that? Yes. Huh? Yes. I'm looking around, church. I, yes. Did you did you mean business when you did? Okay, good, good. Because I I um, you know I'm I'm not always in town, right? <laughs> I'm not always keeping up with the weather. What's going on here? I'm counting on you. Huh? 
And when you do it, you mean business. Is that right? You raise your voice. Hmm? And you command it. I mean, one of the things, good thing to say is what the master said. Peace. Be still. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And then you what? You expect that to happen. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. So uh, don't fail to do that. Um, And other things of like matter. Why? Because if it's stealing, if it's killing or destroying or trying to, that's not God. That's the enemy. Did Jesus ever speak against storms? We just got through quoting him right there. Well, if God had been the one in the storm, do you think Jesus would have spoken against it? No. He would have never spoken against the storm if the storm was from God and of God. Showing it's the enemy that gets in these things to steal, kill, and destroy. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. And what will happen? What will happen? What will happen? If you do what? But you must resist him. You must. Now look in 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. So uh, this is the third witness in the Bible sitting in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. Uh, Paul is a witness in Ephesians. James is a witness here in James. And now Peter is a third witness in Peter. And they're saying the same thing. The Spirit of God through them is saying the same thing. 1 Peter 5 and 8. 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Now, did it say be afraid? No. He didn't say be afraid. He said be alert. Be on the watch. Now this, most of the church has gone one or two directions in the ditch with this. Most of the church acts like there is no devil. They act like there, there are no evil spirits at work. Like there's nothing to resist. Hmm? And that's one of the most successful things the enemy has pulled off in the world is convincing most people he doesn't even exist. You're not going to resist what doesn't exist. Huh? Which means he gets to do whatever he wants to, unopposed, and that's why the earth is in such a mess. But here we're told, uh, be sober. That's the opposite of being uh, intoxicated or being uh, unaware, being dulled, being in a stupor. And be vigilant. So we we need to be, uh, one translation says, be on your guard and stay awake. Why? Because the enemy is on the prowl. Right? And he's, he's looking to find a way in to hurt somebody. Hmm? Jesus said he didn't come unless he's coming to steal something or kill something or destroy something. 
And we don't need to be afraid, but we do need to be alert. So you got you got a lot of people in that ditch. They act like there is no devil, and then you got a few other people. They believe there's a devil, but they talk too much about the devil, and they're scared of the devil. And so it's ooh spirits this and ooh spirits that, and they've watched too much Hollywood movie stuff, and they imagine these demons are these monsters, and they're not. I said they're not. You got to get that stuff out of your mind. It's simply not true. They will flee from you. Not you running from them. Hmm? In fact, in one verse it says, you know, the demons, when they think about God and believe there's one God, they shudder. They shudder. Well, that's them being afraid. Not you being afraid. So, don't be in the ditch on either side of the road. There is an enemy. He's, he's, you know, on the prowl, trying to see who he can devour. That's a, whom he may devour. Isn't that a good word? He may not devour just everybody. What determines whom he may devour? Read the very next verse. Verse 9. Whom, talking about the devil, whom what? Resist. Resist steadfast in the faith. Said out loud, resist. resist. Steadfast, steadfast in the faith. In the faith. <coughs> Excuse me, say it again. Resist. Resist. Steadfast in the faith. Not just resist, but resist how? Steadfastly. What does that mean? That word means uh, firm, rigid, solid, strong. Resist and keep on resisting. And don't weaken and don't fold. And And if we do that, We won't give the devil any place. He won't be able to do what he's prowling around trying to accomplish. He he won't be able to do it in our lives. But you have to not only resist, you've got to resist steadfastly. You've got to keep on doing it. In uh, Ephesians, go over there and you'll see this. We were there in Ephesians 4, but in the 6th chapter. I want you to say it out loud. I am not afraid afraid of the devil devil. or any demon spirit or any any evil spirit. spirit. They are defeated foes. They have been stripped stripped and spoiled and and brought to nothing. They are under our feet in Jesus' name. So I'm not to be afraid of them at all. But I'm not to be dumb either. They're they're out trying to do things all the time. What must I do? I must be on the watch, alert for them trying to do something in my life. And what do I do in response? I resist and I keep on resisting. 
I resist firm, strong, steadfast in my faith. Can you see this? In Ephesians, the sixth chapter and the tenth verse, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's not your strength, that's his. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against. That's another way of saying resist. Stand against what? The wiles of the devil. Now here is where folks have missed it. When you say resist the devil, they'll go, yeah, amen. But when do I start resisting? And what? You know? People, you know, if you're waiting on, on something in a, in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork, then you're going to keep on waiting. What am, what am I to stand against? We're told specifically what? The wiles of the devil. What, what's, what are the wiles? Well, it's the trickery, the deception. Um, he, he's, the, the scripture said he is very subtle. He never comes obviously. He is the preeminent con man. Hmm? And liar and deceiver. That's what we need to be on the watch for. Not trying to see spirits or hear spirits or feel spirits. We're to be on the watch for that. And 2 Corinthians talks about that. In what the 10th chapter where it says the weapons of our warfare are not uh, carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is what we should be on the watch and alert for wrong thoughts and wrong imaginations. Well, how would we know they're wrong? Because they're contrary to truth. Contrary to the Word of God and to the witness of the Spirit in us. Don't let that be too simple for you. You got people running around trying to see things, trying to hear things, trying to feel things, and the enemy is just playing them right and left. What should I be on the watch for? The wiles, the trickery of the enemy. How, how does he come? Thoughts, imaginations, feelings. That's specifically what I am to resist. Can you see that? <coughs> Put on <coughs> Excuse me. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Everybody say stand, stand. against. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against. These I want you to notice how many times you'll see the word against. 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 Is that another way of saying resist? Resist. 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, or other translations say wicked spirits in the heavenlies. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, that's another way of saying the same thing, resist, withstand, and having done all, to stand, and that, that again, is the same meaning, withstand, or stand against, and in verse 14 it says it again, stand, or stand against. Do you see how many times... And when he says be strong in the Lord, strong to do what? Specifically, strong to stand against. And stand against and stand against. Let me see. Against, 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 against. Withstand, stand against, stand against. In what? Four, four or five verses. What's the emphasis? Resist. Or stand against. Stand against. And then he, he talks about the, the armor of God. He mentions seven things. Now when you, uh, when you read this, don't get caught up on physical armor. He's just using this as a graphic picture. But the, what, what's the first one? Loins girt with truth. The emphasis is not on a belt. The emphasis is on truth. Truth is my protection Hmm? from the wiles, trickery of the enemy. What's the next one? Breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness is protection. Anything that tries to tell me I'm not righteous is a lie. I stand against that. Come on, can you see Anything tries to tell me the truth of God's word is not right, I resist that. Come on, can you see that? What's the next one? Feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The good news of peace. Actually, that word can also be translated prosperity. The good news of peace and prosperity. You don't let anybody tell you that the gospel is bad news. Or that God wants you to be in anguish. Or even broke. Or sick. You need to resist all of that. Don't you? You stand against it. What else? Uh, Above all, taking the shield of faith. Don't focus on a shield. What's my protection? Faith. Faith is what I use to stand against the wiles of the enemy. And to quench all the fiery darts. Verse 17. The helmet of salvation. I mean, the helmet covers the head, right? right? Yes, sir. Brains in the head. That's where all that thinking goes on in there. Is that right? Yes, sir. What do I need? What, what will protect my head? Salvation. Salvation. Yes. I'm saved. Yes. I'm sozoed. Yes. Sozo means when you say I'm saved, there's a blank at the end of it. Saved from what? The list is long. I'm saved from hell. I'm saved from sin. I'm saved from judgment. I'm saved from punishment. I'm saved from unrighteousness. I'm saved from the curse of the law. I'm, huh? And if you, if you keep that on your head, it'll keep wrong stuff from getting in your head. 
and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then it says, praying always with all prayer is the seventh one. But I want to emphasize this again. What are we told to do concerning the activities of the enemy? Do we have it clear or are we settled on it? What do we do? We resist. We stand against. We resist steadfastly in faith and in the faith. Uh, In talking about that, I was reminded uh, yesterday of the experience that my father in the faith, Brother Kenneth Hagin, had. One of the visitations that he had from the Lord back, I think it was in 1952, over in Oklahoma. And uh, he tells of how after a service one night, he knelt down to pray uh, and uh, at a little kitchen area after the service. And he said when he did, he was in the spirit. When he knelt down, he, he didn't see the room anymore, and he saw the master. And the master, Jesus, talked to him for an hour and a half uh, and taught him about the enemy's activities and, and how he works and how to deal with it. Now, you have to decide whether you believe that or not or what happened or not. I was around the man for decades, and, and uh, I believe it. But I believe it mostly because I see it in the Scriptures. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that the Lord gave. There are several things that he didn't know that he could accept, even though he's seeing the Lord and having a vision. And he said, well, Lord, I've never heard anything like that before. And, and he said, if there's anything in the Scripture like that, I've never seen it. And he said, the Lord told him, son, there's a lot in there you hadn't seen. <clears throat> and he gave him multiple verses for everything he's showing him. One of the things that he showed him, and I want to read it to you verbatim. Have you got time for this this morning? Because to me it is it is such an example of what we're seeing. <clears throat> How that, um, uh, what our job is concerning the enemy's activity. He said in this vision, uh, the Lord said some things to him and showed him some things. I'm just going to read it verbatim. And this is in some of his books. If you want to try to go it and read it, I recommend it highly to you. His, his book, I Believe in Visions, he's got two or three books on uh, the, the dealing with powers of darkness and dominion and that kind of thing. But he said, the Lord said this. Uh, <clears throat> he said, the highest type of demons with which you have to deal on earth are the rulers of the darkness of this world. They rule all unsaved people who are in darkness. They rule over them and dominate them. You know, this is what the scripture says. It says the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. First John 5 talks about that. <clears throat> and that the devil is called the God of this world. He said that's why people do and say things they don't intend to. That's why some even good people say, I would never do anything like that. And before a year has passed, they've done something worse. This is because they are dominated by the rulers of the darkness of this world. They're in the kingdom of darkness. 
And whether you want to admit it or not, even your close friends and relatives, whoever it may be, if they are unsaved, they're dominated by these spirits who are the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, uh, he said, I will show you. Brother Hagin said the Lord told him. He's seeing him and hearing him. He says, I'll show you how these evil spirits get a hold of people when they are allowed to. Don't you like that phrase? When they are allowed to. The Lord said to me, he said, suddenly in the vision I saw a woman. I immediately recognized her as being the former wife of a minister. I had been introduced to her and her husband on one occasion, but other than that I didn't know them. I only knew that she had since left her husband. The Lord said, this woman was a child of mine. She was in the ministry with her husband. She was filled with the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit were operating in her life. One day, an evil spirit came to her and whispered in her ear. <clears throat> Brother Hagin said when, when that happened, he saw it. He saw a spirit. He said a little monkey-like uh, creature, not a monkey, but monkey-like came and sat on her shoulder and whispered in her ear, You are a beautiful woman. You could have had fame, popularity, and wealth, but you've been cheated in life by following in the Christian walk. Now, uh, he said he saw this. The discerning of spirits is a gift of the spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians. That, uh, and that has to do with discerning and seeing and hearing in the spirit. <clears throat> There's another dimension besides this one. It's spirit. God is spirit. Angels are spirits. These evil spirits are spirits. You're a spirit. And there's activity going on there. I mean, you, you wouldn't have to see it to know it's real. Have you ever felt an influence? Have you ever had a crazy idea come to your head? I mean, where did it come from? Right? Where did it come from? These things are real. Who would deny that? Where does it come from? Well, there are spiritual influences. They're seeking to persuade. Now, I want you to notice what he didn't say. I'm an emissary sent from Satan. Huh? To deceive you and cause you to lose your faith in Jesus. He'd never say that. Because they are what? Subtle. The wilds. The trickery. What did he tell her? You are beautiful. You're talented. In the world, you'd be a star and rich. But because you're here in the ministry in this little church, you've been robbed. You've been cheated. You deserve more. You deserve better. And she didn't see a spirit. But is she being attacked? Yeah. Oh, this is real. She's being attacked. 
Tell me what it's time to do. Help me out. Tell me what it's time to do. Well, he said, he said the woman realized this was an evil spirit. She's a minister. She's used in the gifts. She realized this was an evil spirit, and she said, get behind me, Satan. And the spirit left her for a period. So she did the right thing. Uh, I want you to notice, well, let me read the, the next part. He said, by and by, the same spirit returned. The same spirit returned. He sat on her shoulder and whispered in her ear, You are a beautiful woman, but you've been robbed by taking this lowly walk of Christianity and living a separated life. Again, she recognized this was Satan, and she said, Satan, I resist you in the name of Jesus, and he left her for a while. Uh, what what did we see in First Peter five? Whom resist steadfast in the faith. You, <clears throat> it wasn't enough to resist it one time, right? Hmm? For a little while it didn't bug her, but but after a while, same spirit came back, saying basically the same things, same thoughts, same suggestions, same feelings. And she resisted again. And he left again. For a while. Now this is exactly what happened with the devil himself. Which is why he tries to breathe his rebellion and his pride into human beings. The enemy cannot get a hold of you except through your mind. Is everybody listening? That's the only way he can do it, which is why we cast down imaginations. Can you see that? And bring captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. But the enemy himself, if you remember back, we looked at this a few weeks ago, back in Ezekiel 28, 17, the Spirit of God said concerning the devil, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. And you have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. You remember he said, I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will be like the most high. He had an amazing and high place in the things of God. But the scripture said he was God, when God made him, he didn't make him a devil, said he was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. The devil took what God had put in him and twisted it. Nobody tempted him. He did this himself. And you see what happened to him, even though he's in this brilliant, spectacular place and with all these graces and all this thing, it wasn't enough for him. He wanted more. He should have more. He deserved more. And these are lies. He doesn't deserve more. But he became enthralled with himself. 
and his own beauty and his own ability. The reason I bring that up, what's he telling this woman? Can you see that? He's working on her. And he, he does men the same way. I mean, maybe it's a little different area, but he does it the same way. He tries to appeal to something that he knows you want or you'll respond to. In James 1, put it on the screen for us, please. <coughs> James 1.13. James 1.13 says, Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. That's good to know, isn't it? God can't be tempted to do evil and bad. Cannot. Impossible. Just like it's impossible for him to lie. And so he doesn't tempt any human being to do evil. Never has, never will. Tempting somebody to do evil. How does it happen? Verse 14. But every man is tempted... When he's drawn away of his own lust. Now lust just means desire. It could be for any number of things. But whose desire is it? That's not the devil. That's you. Your own strong desire and enticed. That's the devil. Can you see that? But what's he working off of? Something you want. And when I say you, you know, when you're born again, it's only the inner man that got born again, not the outer man. And even your mind didn't get completely renewed. So portions of your mind can want to do things that you shouldn't do. And your body can want to do things that you shouldn't do. And so the enemy works off of these wrong desires to entice. So he's he's coming to her. And, and, and giving her these thoughts. It's tailor-made for her. What are the wiles of the devil? Carefully crafted lies. Hmm? Custom designed for you. I'm going to go over it again. Did he come to her and say, I am sent from Satan. To deceive you. No, no. If she didn't have some spiritual awareness, she wouldn't have said anything about resisting. But she is. She's a child of God. She's a minister. She has some experience. She she recognized twice now what was going on. And she said, I resist you. Get out of here. And what did he do? He fled. He left. He left. Let me keep going. He said the Lord showed him this in this... uh, In this vision. But he came back again. This is why we have to resist steadfast. He did what? He came back again. Will the enemy come back again? Yeah. Even if he leaves you alone for weeks or months. Same spirit will try the same thing. And the thing is, they'll work on somebody for 20 years. I know that's not a nice thought. But what else are they doing? They've been around generations. 
same spirit, came back, said the same things to her. You're a beautiful woman. She was a singer, I think, as well as you. Uh, talented and beautiful. In the world, you could be famous and you could be rich. But you've been robbed. This little church in the background, your husband's wife, pastor's wife, you've been robbed. You deserve better. You deserve more. Why am I saying this? Are y'all listening? What are you hearing there? The wiles of the devil. Is it dangerous? Oh man, it's deadly dangerous. It is so deadly. This stuff about they owe you, you should have more, you deserve, straight from the pit. Straight from the devil himself. And the reason he keeps using it is because it's so effective. People eat it up. You know, get, get them to play the victim. Feel sorry for themselves. Yeah. I've given them the best years of my life. What have I got to show for it? Oh, man. You, you just, you're opening up saying, come on in. Tell me some more. He came back again and sat on her shoulder, whispering the same things in her ear. This time, she began to entertain these thoughts, for she liked to think. That she's beautiful. And as she began to think along the lines the devil suggested to her, she became obsessed with that thinking. And in the vision, I saw the woman become as transparent as glass, and I saw a black dot move into her mind. The Lord said that dot represents the fact she's obsessed in her thinking with this spirit. At first, she was oppressed. On the outside. But she allowed the devil's suggestion to take hold of her thoughts and her mind became obsessed. She wanted to think, I'm a beautiful woman. I could have had wealth and popularity, but I've been robbed in life. Still, the Lord said, it wasn't too late. She could have resisted. She could have refused to think those thoughts. Then the evil spirit would have fled from her and she would have remained free. But she chose otherwise. Obsession. He he said the Lord showed him three different things. Oppression, obsession, and possession. And that there are different degrees of possession. And I, I, I suppose of the other as well. Different degrees of each one. In the beginning... This spirit has nothing in her. Are you awake? Is everybody awake? Do we need to understand these things? In the beginning, the enemy has nothing in her. He's coming from the outside, bringing these thoughts, oppressing her, but she didn't give place. Can you see that? She resisted, stood against it, and it left her. Repeatedly. But at one point, he came back again, brought the same things, 
She didn't resist that time. She let it in and she kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it. And Brother Hagin said he saw she looked like transparent to him and he saw a dot move into her mind. And the Lord told him, now she's obsessed with this thinking from this spirit. What does it mean to be obsessed now, that still doesn't mean the, the enemy's in control. He's not in control of you, but you've given him place. You let him move in to your mind. What is obsessed? You think about it all the time. Hmm? You think about it all the time. Maybe not every waking moment, but you know what I mean by all the time? You don't go very long until you're thinking about it again. And when it's wrong thoughts... The thoughts are tormenting and vexing about what you don't have and about what you want or what you think somebody owes you or what you deserve. It's, it's vexing, vexing. That alone should tell you it's wrong spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit is going to minister peace to you, joy, strength. But if you're obsessed in your thinking... You think about it all the time, and it's vexing you. But the Lord said this wasn't too late. Even though she'd become obsessed, she could have resisted and refused to think those thoughts. And what would have happened? It would have left. It would have got out of her mind. Hmm? If she'd have done what? Done what? Resisted. Resisted. We must resist how? Steadfast, firm, strong in the faith. What does that mean? If he comes back three times, you resist three times. If he comes 30 times, you resist 30 times. If he comes 300 times, you got to resist 300 times and not give in. If you stop resisting, you have given in. And these are lies. She didn't deserve better. She should have been highly honored yes. that among all the billions on the planet, she's saved. Y'all yes. right. didn't hear me on this. Huh? Not only saved, in the ministry. I mean, if you're a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, that's better than the penthouse of wickedness. Right? I mean, is it because all that stuff's going away and never be heard from again? No. You'll see where folks are yielding to wrong spirits. They stop being thankful. They stop being thankful. And they, they just continually are thinking and talking about what they want, what they think they need, what they deserve, what somebody should do for them, what somebody owes them. Remember what the enemy told her. You've been robbed. Are we learning about the enemy's deceits? You've been robbed. No, you're being tricked right now is what's going on. you got a lot to be thankful for, but you, you believe in lies. You're listening to lies. He said, uh, finally, she left her husband. And went out into the world 
seeking the fame and wealth which the devil offered. She took up with one man after another. See, she's trying to find somebody, I guess, that will help her with her career and all this. And uh, after a time, he said that thing got down in her spirit. In the vision, I saw the black dot move from her head to her heart. And the woman said, I don't want the Lord anymore. Leave me alone. Brother Hagin said, I said, Lord, why are you showing this to me? Do you want me to pray for the woman? Do you want me to cast the devil out of her? Said so the Lord said, no, I don't want you to pray and cast the devil out of her because you couldn't anyway. She wants the spirit, and as long as she wants it, she can have it. One thing we must understand, we do not have authority over human spirits. Are y'all listening? I know it's one of the most heartbreaking things there is. Because no matter how much you see people need and how much you want them to do things or get free, they ultimately have a free will. And you don't have authority over their spirit. You have authority over evil spirits. Is everybody awake? You don't have authority over human spirits. If the Lord won't control them, you can't. And he, and he doesn't. He said, uh, then I said, Lord, why did you show this to me? He said, I've shown this to you for two reasons. First, so you could see how an evil spirit will get a hold of a person, even a child of God, if they'll let him. Second, I want you to deal with that spirit who's operating through that woman and harassing and intimidating the ministry of her former husband. Now, we don't have authority over human spirits, but if these spirits are working through people to hinder us and our ministries and our churches and this kind of thing, we can take authority over the spirit. Can you see that? And this woman, since she had left her husband, and she's got some wrong spirits influencing her now, she was calling and berating and Stirring up problems at the church and doing things, just harassing and embarrassing him in the church. <coughs> well, that's the enemy. You can see that right there, can't you? Yeah, yep, yeah. Who, who would want to do that? And so he said, how do I do that? He said, the minister was in one state and the woman was in another state. He said, the Lord said, there's no distance in the spirit. Simply speak to the Spirit and command Him in my name, saying, You foul spirit that's operating in the life of this woman, and call her name, that's harassing and embarrassing the ministry of the servant of the Lord, and call the man's name, I command you to desist in your operations and stop in your maneuvers this moment. In the spirit, I said those words, and immediately that spirit ceased to operate through her to intimidate that minister. And from that day forward, the minister never again was troubled by her or that spirit. Praise God. But that didn't deliver her. I said that didn't deliver her. Uh, 
Lord, I said, what will happen to her? He said, he asked the Lord. He said, she will spend eternity in the regions of the damned, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And in the vision, I saw her go into the pit, and I heard her awful screams. This woman was your child, Lord. He said, you said, don't pray for her. I I can't understand this. And I won't go into all the detail, but the Lord gave him scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture about the sin unto death and about rejecting him. And he said this. He said, it's sad that this woman left her husband for another man, but adultery is not the unpardonable sin. If she had turned back to me in repentance, even though she might have had a hundred men, I would have forgiven her. Whatever she might have done, if she had asked me to forgive her, I would have. Isn't that the mercy and grace of the Lord? Even if she had been a baby Christian when she said, I don't want Jesus anymore, leave me alone. And she didn't actually realize what she was saying and doing. I would have forgiven her. If she had done it because she was tempted and pressed beyond measure, I would have forgiven her. But she knew exactly what she was doing. And she acted willfully when she said, I don't want him anymore. Therefore, I tell you not to pray for her. I merely showed you this so that you might see how the devil can get a hold of people, even Christians, if they will permit him to. Is this serious? Is it going on all the time? Do we have an adversary, the devil, going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom... He may devour. Should we be afraid of him? Not at all. But should we be foolish and act like it's not going on? Hmm? And just think everything that comes to us and yield to every imagination and feeling. No, we must be alert. Didn't he say? Be sober. Be vigilant. Be alert. Be clear. Be on the watch. Why? Because the enemy... Will come. He has already come to you, and he will come again, bringing thoughts and suggestions and feelings. Hmm? He will never come as an emissary from Satan. He'll try to come in a way that you don't even realize it's going on. But thoughts and feelings will come to you just along the same line. Things that are contrary to the Word of God. Things that are contrary to grace in your life. Things you ought to be thankful for. Things that try to get you to think more highly of yourself than you ought. And that you deserve more. And that something's owed to you. Pride. Arrogance. Fear. Anger. Holding grudges. All manner of temptation. Can you see this? And he'll come. Tell me what you must do. Come on, help me out. Tell me what you must do. What do you do? What do you, you say, get out of here, shut up, and leave in Jesus' name. And if you mean business, tell me what will happen. What? He will leave. And that will be the end of that forever. No. I wish. <laughs> what will happen? He'll try to come back. Huh? Might not be tomorrow, might not be next week, but he'll try to come back. Next thing you know, there will be those thoughts again. Those feelings again, trying to influence you, try to, per, trying to persuade you, trying to convince you, trying to move you. Tell me what you do. Come on, help me out. What, what do you do? What do you do? Huh? 
You put on the whole armor of God. You, you keep your loins girt around with truth. You keep righteousness on. Is that right? You keep the gospel of peace. You keep the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And every time something comes up, you go, that ain't Bible. That ain't right. Cast it down in Jesus name. That ain't, that ain't Thanksgiving. Cast it down in Jesus name, right? No, that's, that's not true. Cast it down. Cast it down. Cast it down. So I resist you. Get out of here. Get out of here. Shut up and leave. And if you mean business, that's exactly what will happen every time. And if you never stop resisting, you will be safe. You'll never become obsessed with it. It'll never get in you. You'll never get to the point where you say, I don't want Jesus anymore such horrible thing. You'll never get there. You'll never even get close. Because you never stopped resisting. Hmm? Said out loud, resist. resist. Steadfast in the faith. Stand on your feet, everybody. <clears throat> Praise be to God. Praise be to God.